Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And good evening, Red Sox fans. How you doing? How you doing? Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 26 of the Believe in Red Sox podcast. Ellis, how you doing, hey, my hey. friend? How you doing? Oh, man, good start to the week. It's a Monday, but uh, I'm a teacher. I'm on Christmas vacation. I got the next two weeks off. I cannot complain at all. I'm in, I'm in good spirits over here, Ellis. Whenever we complain, spirits. no one wants to listen anyway. Yeah, man. So, But uh, we got a few things to talk about tonight, Ellis. We had a, a fun signing yesterday. We got Justin Turner coming into the fold, so we'll break that down. But uh, with the good, we got the bad as well. It's looking like things are not very good with Raphael Devers in Red Sox land. We're going to talk about that. And uh, yeah, got to hear all your thoughts on everything that we're going to talk about tonight. I'm excited to hear what you're thinking about everything. Um, But before we do get started, we got to go over our sponsor for tonight's show, and that is Bet Online. Basketball is back. And hey, the Celtics they're doing pretty good. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and <clears throat> game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL. NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. But already, Alice, well, like I said, we have a couple of things to talk about. Uh a good signing yesterday, in my opinion, Justin Turner coming into the fold. Uh, J.D. Martinez heading to the Dodgers. They basically traded places. They basically traded places. Uh, you know, sad to see J.D. Martinez go, uh, but I think he's going into a good situation with the Dodgers. I think he's going to help them out. Uh, what are your uh, quick reactions, you know, J.D. Martinez heading to the Dodgers? Well, like you said, I think it's a, a good situation for him. You know, J.D. definitely needs to, a, a good bounce-back season. I thought it was going to be here with the Red Sox. But, of course, you know, you never know how things may work out in Major League Baseball. And it seemed to take him to the West Coast where he's done a lot of damage against the Dodgers. And they remember that, I'm sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Dodgers, they've had a history of, you know, maybe kind of looking at a guy, seeing what's going on with him. It's not like J.D. Martinez had a bad season last year. He had a no. good, good, solid season, but we've talked about it before. The power was a little down, so I am intrigued to see if, you know, maybe he can get back to, you know, maybe 25, 30 home runs. And, uh, but we've talked, what I like about J.D. Martinez, and we've talked about this in prior episodes, is that he's almost like, it's almost like having a, a hitting coach on your team in the form of a player. Like, you know, players gravitate towards him if they're, you know, struggling. I've always liked J.D. Martinez as just a part of the team in general. Um, you know, what do you, what do you think about that for the Dodgers in that dynamic? Well, you know, with, with J.D. coming over, you know, he brought that whole mentality of uh, recording himself with the, the iPad and watching every at-bat, every uh, swing in the batting cage, 
and a lot of players on the Red Sox started doing that as well. So, yeah, you're right. It, it helped a lot of the hitters, and I think he's going to carry that over to L.A. He's going to continue to do that. He's going to have a bounce-back season, I do believe. Yeah, I think so, too. And, hey, gets to play with an old buddy, Mookie Betts. So there it is. You can't, uh, you can't hate on him for that, and uh, I wish the best for him. But yeah. uh, let's get into Justin Turner. Uh, you know, hey – as a fellow ginger, I'm I'm very excited about this edition. I, I never I never thought I never really connected those dots. To be honest, I never thought Justin Turner would leave the Dodgers. I thought he would just be there for the rest of his career. Yeah, I thought he was a mainstay, also. Yeah, you know he's he's done a lot for the community there. Uh, I just figured they'd find a way to keep him around, and I figured if he did leave, you know there were other teams that you know maybe could use a bat. I just never thought Justin Turner coming to the Red Sox, but it's funny how free agency works. The dominoes kind of just fall. And then all of a sudden this guy that you weren't expecting maybe to even give a phone call to, he's just sitting right there and it ends up working out. Yeah. It was kind of interesting how everything worked out over the weekend. A lot of attention was being brought to Dansby Swanson. Uh, once he was the last free or the last big free agent on the market, People were wondering where he was going to go. And then there was a report over the weekend that the Red Sox were once again showing interest in having a reunion with J.D. Martinez. And my instant reaction to that over the weekend was, well, they're probably out on Dansby Swanson because I don't necessarily think they were, they've been looking for a shortstop because they do have Trevor Story. I think they've been looking for a right-handed hitter. And so... Once I saw that there was really no more connection with Swanson and then they were looking at JD, then all of a sudden, you know, I'm thinking, all right, they're probably out on Swanson. And then all of a sudden JD is gone. And then yeah. Justin Turner is just sitting right there. You know, have you ever had like, or, you know, seen an experience like that, you know, with a friend or yourself even where yeah. kind of the dominoes can kind of just fall in a weird way. And yeah, and just things can just work out like that. You know, it's, this is a weird game, man. I mean, you know, people always talk about loyalty, but, you know, it's a business. You have to look at it like that. And, of course, you know, the Dodgers had that uh, club option, and then they just bought him out for a couple of million dollars, and all of a sudden he's a free agent. The Red Sox jump on it. And, listen, let me just tell you, this guy is a complete, solid player. He's great in the clubhouse. He's a leader. He's mm -hmm. going to bring that right-handed bat with a little pop on that side of the plate. I mean, he's going he's gonna to generate some power, especially at Fenway Park. He's out of that big stadium at Dodger Stadium. You bring him here to Fenway, he brings that whole, that energized presence that he has. He's going to be a plus in the clubhouse. Yeah, you know, he reminds me, maybe not, you know, so outspoken or goofy, but in a way kind of reminds me of Kevin Millar, sort of. Like he's just a very, you know, just a goofy guy, friendly yeah. guy to be around. Likes having a good time with the teammates. Well, uh, and, and of course, he gets reunited with Kike. So, you know, there yeah. you go. Well, you got the Dodgers over here. I mean, you got Kenley Jansen <laughs> now. We got Kike. And yep. now we got Justin Turner. It's, and now, and now the, you know, the guys from the Red Sox are going to L.A. I mean, they're basically, I don't know, they're just sharing yeah. organizations here at this point. I don't know. But uh, let's take a look here at Justin Turner. He had a bit of an interesting season last year. He got off to a bit of a slow start. Uh, yeah. Pulling up the numbers here overall for Justin Turner. Ended up having himself a really good season. Uh, hit 278 with a 350 on base. Uh, a 438 slugging. Pretty decent. A 123 WRC+. But again, uh, the 
first half and the second half, they were pretty different. First yeah. half, he only hit 256, but then in the second half, he hit 319. So in the end, ended up having himself a rather good season. Yes, yeah, with Justin. Sorry, go a solid season. Yes, yeah, a, a very solid season. The second half or the first half, sorry, people were wondering, all right, what's going on with Justin Turner here? But uh, hey, ended up being the Justin Turner that we know. But taking a look here at Baseball Savant, going to pull up the StatCast page here. Uh, there is a lot to like when it comes to Justin Turner when you're looking at him from a, a point of view of hitting at Fenway Park. Tends to pull a little bit more. That's usually where the power is going, and uh, that's going to work, I think, rather nicely at Fenway Park. You're still seeing some reds. The exit velocity is still looking pretty good. Uh, still middle of the road when it comes to the barrels. Gets himself a good amount of walks. Doesn't chase a lot. He yep. he seems like a, a just a a red sock. Like you know, when you look at the type of a hitter that he is, uh, how do you think he fits in uh, performance wise with the Red Sox? Well, like you said, you know, he, he has a solid at bat each and every time. It doesn't chase a lot of balls out of the zone. He really keys on middle end. He gets that ball away. He can actually go that way to right field solid as well. But as far as him blending in with the Red Sox, I think, like I said, he's going to bring some power. He's going to bring that presence in the in the ballpark, in the clubhouse, that leadership. Uh, you know, you have a lot of you have some veterans on the team, but you also have a lot of young guys that's going to look at him and see how he plays and adapt and go with that. Yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's a great fit all the way around. Just yeah. looking at it from a numbers, a personality point of view, uh, I'm sure he's going to get involved. You know, in the city of Boston. You sure. know, doing, doing some charity work. So the contract as of right now for Justin Turner, it's as of right now, it's a one-year deal, $15 million for the first year. But then he has a player option for a little around $7 million. So overall, if he ends up staying for the two years, it'll be around an AAV of about $10.5 million per season. But uh, it'll be interesting. He is 38 years old. If he very well could end up just staying the last couple of years but uh, I love the move I think it's a great move when I saw it yeah. I was rather excited about it um, I just never really even thought it was even an option but it's just funny how the dominoes fall um, but it is looking like probably going to be the designated hitter at yeah. first one reaction and this actually is a little segue into our next story uh, yeah. a lot of people were thinking oh Justin Turner he's a third baseman well Hold on a second. Wait a minute. We got Raphael Devers at third base. Just so happens we got something to talk about here with Raphael Devers. Now, uh, according to Hector Gomez yesterday, let me share my screen here. So uh, sharing here we go. So according to Hector Gomez yesterday, Raphael Devers and his camp, they were seeking three different types of deals. They were looking at either nine years, 300, 10 years at 325, or 11 at 360. Now, if you go to fan graphs, now you got to love fan graphs. They do a lot of number crunching. But over the last four years, going back to 2019, 2019 so far has been his best overall season. He has averaged, now if you also, uh, when I, I did the math in 2020, if he had played a full season, he would have been worth a little more uh, than 20 million that year. Sure. So overall, the last four years, he's averaged 
35 and a half million per season based off of his on-field performance. So to me, a deal like what is being mentioned for Raphael Devers with these three options, that sounds pretty fair. Uh, to me, I would think 10 years, anywhere from 300, 325, especially still considering his age. He's only 26 years old. Yep. That seems pretty fair to me when you're looking at the numbers, the numbers back it up. Now, I've mentioned this before where the Red Sox, I personally think they have, they don't trust his defense long term because uh, there was a report out there suggesting they view him as more of a first baseman, like a Matt Olson kind of like the Matt Olson contract was what they were kind of looking at Raphael Devers. So, mm-hmm. With this other report coming in from Hoon Lee of ESPN, he is saying here, executives around the sport see the same pattern emerging with Red Sox star third baseman Raphael Devers. He's saying same pattern as in the Xander Bogart situation, who will be 26 at the start of the 2023 season, his last before he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2024. According to multiple league sources, The Red Sox endeavors are, quote, galaxies apart in their contract negotiations. The current expectation from Devers and his camp is that the third baseman will be a free agent at the end of the 2023 season, given the current state of contract talks. I'm just going to I'm just going to ask right off the bat. Instant reaction to just hearing all that. Well, you know, the numbers don't lie. I mean, he he definitely has the numbers to demand or ask for that particular price those many years, okay? And if you look at what happened this past, well, this offseason with, uh, you know, all the teams throwing out the 10, the 9, 11-year deals, you know, and it, it continues to go on like that. Rafi's numbers <clears throat> definitely looks like he could be in that category, no doubt. Okay, defensively, if you look at his numbers defensively, I know, you know, sometimes the numbers, they, they worry about defense, of course. But this past season was his best defensive season, I believe. Yes. And, yeah, and, and he played his butt off. So, I mean, he's going to have an argument, and the Red Sox are definitely going to have to really bear down and maybe negotiate a little bit more. Now, I don't know if they're going to go 9, 10, 11 years. You know, because I haven't seen that in a long time, especially in Boston. You've never seen that. But uh, it's going to be interesting, very interesting to see. It's funny that you say that because they – see, they've done some long-term deals. Now, I can't think of one – I don't know if I'm just going blank, but I can't think of one that's been over 10 years. No. I can't remember what what Pedroia's contract was. I can't remember the exact terms. I don't remember if that was a 10-year deal. I could Maybe it was an eight or like a seven, but either way, they have not had, now I'm not like, I'm not defending the Red Sox here. I am just pointing out why I do think, I think it's a, a, I think it's a philosophical thing. I think it's a John Henry, Tom Warner, Sam Kennedy thing where they just don't like the long-term deals. I think they, they like to keep them five, six years. That seems to be what they're looking for, but they have done some long-term deals in the past. Probably their best one has been Manny Ramirez overall when you really look at just all of the contracts they've given out. Um, Consider, you know, Manny helped bring in two World Series, put up great numbers with the Red Sox. 
However, there were some, you know, off the field issues as well. You know, there was trade demands. There was, you know, getting in scuffles with security guards and blah, 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 or travel agents or whoever it was. Yeah. Um, so there was turbulence with Manny Ramirez. You've had David Price recently where there was stuff going on with the media, Dennis Eckersley. Um, there have been just, you know, even you can look at Pedroia. Pedroia is a legend in Red Sox Nation, sure. but – uh, in the end, unfortunately, he got the mishap, you know, had the knee injury and ended up, you know, just being about not a great contract in the end. You but know, you know was- what? What you said earlier, I don't think any of those deals were 10 year deals. Now, no, Manny was eight. Yeah. Um, the, uh, David Price was seven. Then I, I don't remember Pedroia's deal. I'm going so yeah. blank on that one. But. Yeah, they've never gone a ten year. I can't. I can't think of a, a double digit year deal. I and think the I've longest seen, they've done is Manny. I've never seen a contract where a player keeps up that same steady performance for ten years. I mean, sometimes you overpay for five, six years at the most. Seven years is tops for me as far as the performance of that particular guy. You know, I think. And, and the Red Sox are being safe. I mean, anywhere from five to seven to eight years at the most. Okay, I can see that. But I've never really liked the the 10-year deals, the 12, 13-year deals. I mean, come on. You never know what the hell is going to happen. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I agree with you. I've uh, I've talked about that on my channel where when you, when you look at all of the guys in the major leagues that have gotten these double-digit year deals, you yep. can probably count on one hand – maybe two hands, how many of them have, have won a World Series championship? Yeah. Um, A-Rod had one. Uh, Jeter, I think he was – I think he had – I can't remember that many years, but whatever. Uh, he had one World Series. You know, Manny had a couple of World Series there. Yeah. But, but when you're looking at just 10-plus 10, 10 years, there's not a lot of guys that have won a, a championship. Harper came pretty close, you know, sure. just, a, you know, not too long ago. Um, but – when you look at it's kind of hard to argue with the Red Sox based off of what they've done since 2004. Now I understand emotions can get a little high, you know, <laughs> it feels like this always happens with the Red Sox. You know, you've had, you had the Nomar situation, you had John yeah. Lester, you just had Bogarts. It's, I can understand where the fans are coming from. Sure. Um, you know, but I can, I can see where the Red Sox are coming from, from a business point of view too. It's uh you know, it's, it's a constant tug of war. You know, what are your what are your thoughts just on how the Red Sox handle things? Because that has been coming into question that, you know, media. Ken yeah. Rosenthal just wrote an article today on The Athletic, basically just bashing Red Sox ownership. You know, everything in the front office, not, not saying very good things about him. What are you thinking here? Like, well, I don't know. Where, where's your mindset this. at with the Red Sox front office right now? You know. If you think about it, most of the teams that sign the players for, you know, double-digit 10-year deals or whatever are usually free agents and other teams do that, not their home team. The only one that I can remember is the Yankees, of course, uh, with with Judge. And, you know, they would have been stupid to let him go to San Francisco or anywhere else, you know, with with the numbers the year that he had. But. You know, you don't see that very often from your home team. Right. You know, it's usually teams outside the box. San Diego did it. Philly did it with all these guys. You know, you don't see that very often. But 
it's not to say it won't happen. Yeah. And, I'm, and let me just say this. As a front office, I think to be safe with five to eight years at the most, at the most. Yeah. I don't, I can't see 10 years. And, and when the guy gets 10 or more, I mean, either he's 25 years old. And I was so surprised with Xander's contract in oh. San Diego. Yeah. I mean, being 30 years old, it's going to take him to 40, 41 years old. Yeah. And who knows if he can still play shortstop, third base, wherever. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> these contracts that are being given out this offseason, the years are just bonkers to me. Like yeah. Trey Turner, uh, Correa getting 13 years. Yes. Um, this is kind of it's look it's looks like this is how teams are now trying to this is their the new loophole. All right. It's to just give the long deals, right? Because yeah. it's gonna be less AAV. Uh, and then that's gonna help keep you under the luxury tax, and then you're gonna avoid, you know, having to pay taxes so it's it's just it's an interesting kind of a thing right now in the league yeah. and then you've got this constant tug of war between you know the fan base right now in boston and you know ownership um you know i'm kind of in the middle where i'm kind of waiting to see how things play out yeah like i want to see the rest of the offseason i want to see you know how things work out I, I to me out of all the guys you know that have you know that the red Sox have had mookie that would have that would have just been tough, you know. That would have been a ton of money. Who knows what he's going to be at the end of that deal? He's great right now, yeah. But uh, Devers, he's twenty six. If there is one guy I could give a deal to that's approaching, you know, nine ten years, I think I would go Devers just because he is younger yeah. than you know what Bogarts was when he just got his deal. Bets when he went to the Dodgers, you know, Devers has the age on his side. So I could see it for him, but so then how, again, how I'm not sure Mookie? how he's going to be long term. Um, do you think Devers could end up maybe moving to a different position at some point, or do, do you think he could end up staying at third base for? I think he's going to be fine at third base. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's not like you need tremendous range to play third mm-hmm. base. You need that first initial step, the first couple of steps, get to the ball, because it's such a hot spot, hot corner. You know, you just yeah. it gets on you so quickly. Yeah. But, you know, I can see Devers playing his career at third base. He doesn't need to move to first base. But that's the same situation over there on that hot corner at DH. I mean, if you're worried about that, you could DH the guy during the course of the season. Split time with, with Justin Turner or whomever else yeah. that, that you want to do that with. But let me tell you, Rafael Devers, he's young. He, he's productive. He hits the long ball. I mean, you cannot let all these guys just get out from underneath you and still continue to think you're going to be in a world series or, or just competing for one at that. What I I think the Red Sox, it seems like maybe they need to make some kind of an adjustment. Like we just saw the race, you know, if you want to talk small, like the way these small market teams operate, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone's saying, you know, Heim Bloom, he's trying to act like he's the Tampa Bay Rays needs to realize he's in Boston, you know, if you were to make an adjustment, you look at what the Rays just did with a Wander Franco, you know, a young guy, you know, how, how old is Wander Franco? Like 22 right now? Yeah. 21. What they give him a, what the, what the 20 year deal? No, no, what it was. Yeah. It was a bit, it was a long deal. If, if you're the Red Sox, I think they maybe need to do something different. You know, if you, 
like maybe let's say you got Marcelo Meyer when if he ends up being the real deal, right? And he comes up, you know, let's say two years from now, instead of waiting until this guy, you know, gets to this point, when he comes up, if he ends up playing really well in that for the first couple of you know years, get the guy locked up. If you want to do a 10 year deal, that's the kind of guy you got to give it to, you know, yeah. this young guy, right? Because you know, these. Younger players like Franco, I think those are the kind of guys you should give long-term deals to. I'm okay with that because sure. if you can have those guys until they're 32, you know, what, whatever, right around that age, and then go out into the market and you get their best years. Yeah, man, um, I mean, you're absolutely yeah. right with that because you, you can have a club-friendly deal the first three or four years. Yeah. And then, of course, extend it even more so. Right. And yeah. that's where, you know, with, with Rafi, maybe they could have done that with him. You know, like you when he was, he was how old when he came up? He was 20, like 21. Wow. That's what they should have done with him then. You right. know, giving him a deal, 10 years, a deal that he could not refuse, you know, where he could have had that long term security go back out into the market when he's, you know, 32, 33. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That I think maybe you start seeing the Red Sox do something like that. But I think right now, I think they are going through, and this is, just kind of my personal opinion, how I've seen, you've seen lots of Red Sox teams over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going through a bit of a transition right now. I think they're, and every time you go through change, it's going to be a bit painful. You know, there's going to be some turbulence along the way. I think they're trying to move into a bit of a new era in Red Sox baseball where they want to be like the Dodgers. Bloom has said that in the last few years. He wants to be like the Dodgers, where this Dodgers organization, they have money. They have an incredible farm system that just keeps churning out talent, and they constantly have a good major league team. Uh, That's what Bloom wants. He he has said the Dodgers are are like the perfect organization, and uh, if he wants to get to that point, you're going to have your turbulence, and unfortunately, you're kind of going through some players right now uh, you know, kind of what are your thoughts on his vision, you know, to try and be like the Dodgers? You know, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, if you look at the Dodgers history, the last few years, they're going out to get every number one free agent that's out there. Mm-hmm. They they are going out to get these guys, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts. I mean, they're spending that big money and they they haven't the last, what, 10 years they've won. Well, the last few years, they've only won one World Series. Yeah. You know, you know, the last decade or so so you know but they're still competing each and every year they're bringing the product out there and and they're not missing these guys they're coming in and they're all blending in perfect okay you let a guy like justin turner go obviously you have someone that can move in right over Uh oh everyone we have we have lost ellis oh you still there There you yeah. go. Oh, man, I was about to say. Sorry about that. Man, I was about to say, well, I got to figure something out here to keep this going. Well, sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> no, no, no. As an organization, you know, they're not missing out on too many big-name free agents. They're going out to get these guys. You know, they're not afraid to drop the money and go out and give a guy eight to ten years like they did with, with Mookie and Freddie Freeman. And they're, they were talking about even bringing in, you know, uh, other guys. And it's like, okay, well, how can you possibly do that yeah. and still, you know, deal with the luxury tax and all the other issues and everything? But they're able to do that. So as, as the Red Sox, the fans in Boston are so used to the Red Sox not having a problem going out to get anyone. 
and they've won the World Series in the past. So yeah. let's continue that. I mean, the, the fans are spoiled. The, the the city, you know, everyone's spoiled with that whole thing, the organization. So, right. But I understand what time is doing. He's trying to be more conservative, get get more of the younger guys in, you know, like the Rays. You said the Rays, I, to be honest with you, they are competing every year, and I still don't understand how they do it. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. right there every year. Oh, the, I, I'm telling you, a little off topic, but – I think the Rays could be really good this coming yeah. year. They had a lot of injuries last year. Uh, look out for them, man. Really. Like, the, well, you know year what? the Rays. And the thing yeah, about man. it, I'm, I'm sorry to jump in, but the yeah. thing about it, they've hit on a lot of their draft picks. That's the number one thing. Mm-hmm. You have to hit on those draft picks. You draft a guy number one to number five, he has to hit, and they haven't had a problem with that guy being successful at the major league level. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, uh, it'll be, that'll be a, fun team to watch I think this year but you know with the Red Sox you know I want them to get back to that point that you know that 2000s era where you know they won in 04 made it back to the playoffs in 05 they missed in 06 won it again in 07 made it back in 08 good team in 09 2010 they were competitive didn't make it I think they want to get back to that you know that's the time where they were just consistently good every single year but they were getting these young players coming up from the farm and then when you got into the the 2010s that's when it was so up and down like 20 2011 you had the greatest team ever uh the the highly touted greatest team ever still cry myself to sleep over that team every single night uh you know 2012 you know the the bobby valentine team riding his bike yeah. off into the sunset in Boston when that season was over. Uh, and then you won in 2013, bad years in 14, 15, came back at it in 16, 17, 18. <coughs> so up and down, you know, and yeah. I think, you know, that those, those mid, you know, mid to late two thousands years, those were some good years, obviously Oh four. So I think uh, it's just, it's, you know, anytime you're trying to transition, into something like what they're trying to do it, it's going to be a little painful at times it's not going to happen overnight people think it's going to happen in one year it's going to take years you know it's yeah. going to take i mean yeah in 2021 they were really close a game or so from the world series okay yeah. now normally you, you build off of that but you know things happen which they did and last year, with all the injuries and all the little mishaps throughout the season, it was just a crazy year last year. Yeah. So now you just have to kind of, you know, rebuild, so to say. You know, yeah. try to try to figure it out. Yeah. Right now, I do feel like I think Heim. You know, I'm not just saying this as I'm a Red Sox fan. I'd be saying this if I'm, you know, an Orioles fan or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think Bloom is getting a little. A little unfair treatment right now. I think you just have to let the offseason play out. Um, yeah. You know, it's not done yet. You know, I'm if the Red Sox can get a little bit more pitching depth, who knows what happens with Devers here? This is a you know big question mark now. What's going to happen with him? It's possible they could be a decent team in the running. For, now you got three wild cards. So yeah. it's very possible that they could be competing for a wild card spot. Um, if you look, if you go back to the 2021 team, they had talent that was carried over, you know, from that 2018 championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had guys that what I, what I really liked about that 2021 team was that 
you had these guys, you know, who you didn't have the best looking rotation, but they made their starts every fifth day. Yes. They just made every start, you know, and if you look back at that 2018 Red Sox team, that's what they did too. They had basically five guys that made all of their starts. And when you give your bullpen a chance every single game to win, it's a recipe for success. And I think if the Red Sox can find a formula yeah. like that, I think they could be in contention for a wild card this year. No, um, you, again, I- maybe not right at this at this very point. I'm, I can't yeah. say that. They need to make a couple more moves. Um you know what? What else? You know, kind of going off topic here. What What else would you like to see the Red Sox do uh, this off season? I'd like to see them add another bat, another big right-handed bat. I mean, because look, you're going to have to compete in the American League East, and it's not looking easy in the East. No. You're looking at the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Orioles. I mean, all of those guys finished so strong last year, and they showed you exactly what they have coming. Even at that minor league level, at the upper minor league level, they have some guys that are ready to just knock down that door to get in there also. So I would like to see the Red Sox get another arm, you know, a, a good solid arm to go in that rotation or even that some of that bullpen. Because if you add one to the rotation, you got another quality arm going yeah. to the bullpen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that right-handed bat, like I said, it could be an outfielder. It could be uh, a DH presence. You can, I mean, just to have that guy that can rotate in the outfield as well as maybe first base or DH. There's nothing wrong with a, a good rotation of guys. Yeah. You know, so now, so getting back to Rafi Devers here, if they do indeed, because it is looking like how it was looking with Mookie, well, it was kind of the same series yeah. of events, you know. Also, that last year before he entered free agency, there was just the the whispers. What's going on? They're going to be able to come to terms. Didn't come to terms. And then you started hearing the rumors start to churn. And now the same thing is happening with Devers. Now, especially with these reports that they're apart. Do you think if the Red Sox trade Devers, which right now it could be a possibility, do you think there's any chance for the Red Sox this coming season? It's going even to be if tough. They add some bats. Even it, it, it really depends on who else they add. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not one to give up and trade a guy like Rafael Devers, who's one of these unbelievable talents that comes along every once in a while. Yeah, you know, this is a guy that you can keep in your organization as a franchise type player. Yeah. I mean, those are the guys you look for. But like you said earlier, you have some guys in the minor leagues that are coming up almost ready. Those are the ones you want to. If you want to give give him a long term deal, do it early, like you said. But Rafi is already here. You know what kind of player he is. Just like we were talking about with Xander Bogarts, you know what kind. Of, you know what you're getting on a daily basis. If right. he can stay healthy, his numbers are going to be the same every year because he's that kind of guy. He feeds off that fastball. You can't beat him with it. He's a mistake hitter. Also, he swings at things up here, down here, and he makes solid contact. And you can't teach that. That's something that's naturally given, God-given, and he has that ability to see ball, hit ball. And that's that's what you want in a threat like that. Yeah, you know, you know, when I would have signed Rafi Devers, if I were to give him a 10-year deal, I would have given I would have called him into the into the office when he hit that home run off of Roldis Chapman. 
in that <laughs> that ninth inning. Right, yeah. I would have called him right away into the all right. Here we go, ten year deal. Right, let's let's do this. Right, you just that was awesome what you just did. So when I saw him hit that against Chapman, I'm like, whoa, like that was. It's not even, like that's Chapman high heat lefty yeah. lefty matchup, and he took him oppo. Like yeah, he's a prime time performer. Speak. He is. He's a prime time performer. Yeah. He does his best work against you know when his back is, is against the wall. When the Red Sox need him, he comes through. Yeah, uh, that was incredible. I, I will always remember that moment. That, I remember watching that. It was on Sunday night, I believe. Man, what a moment that was. But hopefully the Red Sox learn from it. Now, with Rafi, you know, let, you know, we're, we're, let's, talk, let's talk some fun here. We, everyone always loves talking trade proposals and everything. Oops. So looking at, you know, Raphael Devers, when it comes to his trade value, a lot of organizations, <coughs> I've talked about this before with you, where uh, a lot of organizations, they like to use, you know, algorithm-based formulas to try and uh, come up with good trades. Um, okay. Baseballtradevalues.com, it's uh, probably the closest thing you'll get to how these major league teams like to, I mean, obviously they do scouting, they have their eyes too, but when it comes to looking at numbers, crunching numbers, they like to use formulas. Um, and BaseballTradeValues.com, the owner, his name is John Bitzer. Uh, he's actually had major league teams, you know, talk to him about his website. It's a very, very good website. It's not perfect by any means, but over 400 real-life trades have been put into the simulator, and 95% of them have been accepted by the simulation. Um, as like a fair trade. So mm -hmm. with Rafi, it's looking like right now his value, you're looking at anywhere from 35 to $40 million worth of value. So you're probably, you're looking at at least one really good prospect and maybe a couple other pieces as well. A similar trade was Mookie Betts for Alex Verdugo with a couple of prospects. So with Rafi Devers, you're probably looking at a trade similar to mm -hmm. that. Um, to me, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. The yeah. three teams that seem to make the most sense, unless you can put another one in my ear. I'm thinking right now you got teams like the Phillies who are trying to win. Uh, maybe trying they're just trying to add bats anywhere they can. And maybe they could give them a long-term deal. And you got Dave Dombrowski in the fold. Uh, we got teams like the Dodgers out there. They got tons of money. They got lots of prospects to deal. Um, hey. Rafi Devers, Mookie Betts together again, or maybe the New York Mets. They got money for days. They yeah. were looking at Carlos Correa. They got into the party late. Steve Cohen actually made some comments on that, saying, uh, yeah, they showed up to the party. They were just too late. They thought Correa would have been a good addition for their ball club. And the Mets, they got money. Like I said, they could offer him a long-term deal. I would think if a team wants to trade for Devers, they would probably want to see if he, you know, what kind of a – an extension he's looking for. So sure. out of those three teams, any, any kind of thoughts on those three teams, or do you have another team in mind that maybe could be a good well, fit for Debbie? Two of those teams that you mentioned, I would have to go with the Dodgers and the Mets. Yeah. The Mets, they don't have that guy at third base. I mean, they, they have mm -hmm. Escobar. They had a, uh, you know, a couple of youngsters over there. Now, and, and then the Dodgers, of course, Turner just left. They may put, uh, what's the young kid's name? Oh, uh, geez. 
on um on the Dodgers? On the Dodgers, yeah. He was a top prospect a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux. They may throw yep. him over there at third base. But yeah, that's another spot. And they like you said, they're not afraid to go out and drop that up uh, that iron quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh and they have the prospects. Yeah. The Dodgers always have the prospects. The Mets have good prospects. I mean, that's something, but you know, I don't want to look at trading Rafi. I mean, but you know, yeah, you have to I'm... think about it. You have to think about it and look at it from a business standpoint. Yeah, it's it's a possibility, man. I mean, the way things have been going lately, um, it's always a possibility. Yeah. And uh yeah, I absolutely want Rafi to stay. You know, for the long haul, I feel like that's a yep. bat you can just have in the middle of your order for the next, you know, eight years at least. He'll, yeah. I think he'll be productive, you know, even if he ends up having to be a DH, you know, even if you feel like you need to improve defensively at third, sure. that bat in that order is just, it's just going to be so good. You know, so it's like you could always move him off of third. Now, you know, would you want to be paying that much money for a DH or whatever? David Ortiz, look how good he was. You know, that guy was worth all the money. Yeah. Um, so to me, Rafi Devers is a bat that I feel like you don't have. That's kind of it's one of those things where when he's in the lineup, you don't got to worry about who's going to be producing. You know, he's just kind of that guy. You can just plug him in and forget about him. Like it's he's there. Yeah. You know, he's going to do damage. So and, and you know, the key yeah. thing. Robbie, the key thing is don't let it get to that last year. Yeah. Because that's when the player, you know, a lot of times like the player bets on himself. Said, no, I'm good. We're going to play out this season. Or they'd be like, you know what? You guys, you know, just street terms. You played me to a point where I'm not interested in even staying. Right. You know, yeah. so yeah. you don't want that. You don't want that bitter taste in a player's mouth. You want him to know that, hey, we want you in this organization. Yeah. You know, you came up with us. We want to keep you here. We know your value. Let's keep this guy. What do we have to do? You know? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, yeah, like I agree. It's, you know, just the it's the human element of it. Like we look at baseball players and, you know, we're, we're looking at stats constantly. We're, you know, looking at numbers. There's a human being there. And to sure. me, it's like, yeah, these guys are going to get paid. They're going to they're gonna make their money. But, hey, we're all human at the end of the day. You know, it's, you know, if I'm going to work and I'm not sure where I'm going to be working next year, it's in your mind and it's in your head, you know, no matter what money you're making. I mean, a lot of guys are probably like, yeah, whatever, I'll make my money. But uh, to me, if it were me, I'd want to know where I'm going to be living next year. I'd want to know what my family's going to be doing next year. You know, like, I just want to know these things. And I think it's, you know, I, I would like the Red Sox, if I were to have one criticism of the Red Sox, it is just kind of. You know, if you're not going to re-sign the guy, at least tell him. I don't know. Like, just there's well, a human there, you know. So, with Devers, to me, oh, I don't Devers. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to. I don't know. That's me. You got to keep this guy around. Well, know. you have to keep him around. But on the other hand, I don't have to know where you're going to be the next twelve years, though. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, eight eight years to ten at the most. I can see that. And especially with the the team you came up with, okay, right. there's always going to be more desire for you from other teams, right? No doubt, free agency. Absolutely, we know that. we'll just have to wait and see what ends up happening. But we actually did have a couple of super chats here. 
And uh, let me go pull these back up. We actually had a rather interesting super chat. I'll read that in just a second. We had one uh, from a longtime subscriber, Boston Productions. says, if we sign Devers, I'll take a bath in ketchup. Well, I'm, I'm not going to be doing that, man. If we resign him, I don't know if that's your thing. Go for it. Man. What? I don't know, man. I don't know. He's that excited, I guess. But uh, we got an interesting one. Thank you for that super chat, Boston Productions. Uh, but we have one from Gareth Miller. Ellis, you're going to like this one. Uh, he says here, when I was young, I met Mr. Burks while he was with the Red Sox. I just want to say thank you for being one of the kindest major leaguers I have ever had the pleasure to meet. Thank you, Mr. Burks. Oh, man, appreciate that. Thank you. Amen. I mean, I'm sure that was one of the, t- you know, probably, honestly, if I were a ball player, you know, to me, you know, I'll tell you, when, like, I have my my rinky-dink channel here on YouTube where I, I actually got to play over the summer uh, with some other baseball YouTubers. We actually played against guys in the Appalachian League yeah. where they're college players that are trying to get scouted more for the major leagues. We did like a kind of like a fun little thing where we had YouTubers versus, you know, these guys. It was on the Burlington Sock Puppets. And I'll tell you, after the game, there were people, they, I had a, a couple of guys, you know, they were just there to watch. They came up to me and they said, hey, Robbie, can, can you sign my ball? I'm like, me? You want me to sign your ball? Like, me? Right. And they were like, dude, thank you. I'm like, thank you. You know, it's a pleasure to meet you. Like, I, you know, I'm sure that was something that you – felt all the time you oh know, yeah signing balls yeah. <clears throat> any any memories of you know you just meeting any fans or you know anything like that well I this one fan and I wish that I could meet see him again he was a young kid uh he was behind the rope we're having batting practice uh this is believe I believe this is 1990 92 somewhere around there mm. Uh, and he came up, he was screaming my name. Could you sign this? So I told the guy to let him under the rope to come through and I'm sitting there talking to him and we had a, a, just a great conversation. All of a sudden he says, uh, you know, you know, you've signed my bat. Is it possible to, for Jim Rice to sign it? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got Jim Rice and Reggie Jackson was there, but that kid was the nicest young man, and he did everything the right way. Excuse me, Mr. Burks. Excuse me, Mr. Rice. Could you please sign this? And when a kid does that and he's got the cutest little face, there's no way any big league or any minor league or whoever can turn this kid down. When you just see a kid that all he wants is for you to sign a ball or a bat or his card or anything. For me, I did it as much as I could every day. Because I remember myself being that kid at the Texas Rangers game growing up. And I told Billy Sample this, who signed my ball, that, you know, hey, I asked him, I said, Mr. Sample, could you sign my ball, please? And he said, sure, you know, he signed it, this and that. And he remembered that because I came up to him when he was a a reporter coming in for a story when I was with the Red Sox. And it's unbelievable how things have a way of coming back to you. You know, and I just I, I I wish this kid, if he's out there and he hears this story, and we can put it together, I would love to see him again because he really made my day, and uh, yeah, you know that's awesome. Yeah, man, it's cool. You know, I would think as a player, you know, you know you've done your batting practice pregame, you're ready to go. To me, I would love to just like you know walk up to people up there, you know, go sign a couple of balls, talk with some people. I feel mm-hmm. like nowadays. You will, at least I have. I've seen it. Um, I went to a Rays game not too long ago this past season, 
you know, I just saw players just having conversations with people. Just yeah, like, yeah. you know, no big when deal. Trout, I, I think when I saw Mike Trout came to Fenway Park this summer. I mean, yeah. he sat there and signed autographs for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Took pictures with kids. I mean, and you know, Trout's one of the biggest names in the game. And when yeah. you can have a guy like him do that, that should show some of these young kids the professionalism that he has to get out there and do that and and show that he's a fan guy. You know, he's not going out there just to play the game. No, no, not right, not right now, kid. You know, whatever, that yeah. type of stuff. No, engage yourself in these people. And, and I think that's that was very admirable for him to do so. Oh, yeah, and that's why, you know, Trout, he's – not just an amazing player, but but he's you know just a pro's pro. Yeah, um, you know that that would honestly be my favorite part. If I've been just you know just playing every single day, it honestly just feel like just a load off my shoulders to just go talk to some people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, go sign a couple of balls, sign some bats. Uh, my best friend Josh, he just went to uh, he lives in Florida here as well, and uh, he went to a Rays game and uh, Garrett Cole. You know, he was yeah. kind of he was just signing some gloves, bats, balls, whatever. Yeah, signed his hat. You know, he asked, um, you know, asked, he got it for his son, and he's like, you know, asking him how his day was, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's yeah. just uh, I mean, those those are things, Robbie, that the kids, you know, those are memories for them to have later on down the road. Because if you're a jerk to some of these kids, they're gonna remember that. Yeah. Okay, they will call you out all the time, but. You know, all it takes is a little time to say hello, sign an autograph, just chat for a second, boom. And and if you have to leave, just say, hey, guys, I'll come back a little later, but I got to go out here and shag some balls. I got to take batting practice, whatever the case may be. But you will make those kids day in their whole year, man. Oh, yeah. And there was even a video, I think it was from this past year. Uh, I believe it was Aaron Judge. I think he was playing catch with, like, someone out in, out in the outfield. You know, wow. the guy, he was recording it on his phone. He had his yeah. you know, glove and the other hand playing catch. It was pretty funny. And, uh, you know, it's just a little thing like that where sure. it's not really too big of a deal, you know, and yeah. it's good. But it, you can make those memories, you know, and, and that's the cool part about it. So I, yeah. I like that, you know, you are still seeing, even though you are see, you're seeing people on their phones and everything these days, you are still seeing people and players still having those interactions and still meaningful interactions. Yeah. That's what's great about the game of baseball. You know, I, I don't feel it. like you don't, you don't see that all that much in football. You don't see in basketball. Baseball is still that one game where, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of, you still have that connection, you know, with the player and the fans. Yeah. But uh, Gareth Miller, man. Hey, cool. Super chat. Thank you for dropping that, man. Appreciate that. But uh, Ellis, man, until next time, we're going to have to wait and see. What happened was with Devers. I'm sure we're going to hear something else this yeah. coming week. Uh, we're already hearing some stuff now, and it's Monday. Uh, who knows what kind of a week we're going to have? Who knows? Maybe we have to do some kind of emergency podcast at some point this week. Who knows what happens? I don't yeah, know. You never but, know. But I know but, the Red uh, Sox, they're not done. Let me just put it like that. They're yeah. not done with the bat or the pitcher. I agree. I, I think it's, um, you know, I have a you know someone in the chat here, uh, you know, made a good comment saying here, uh, I don't think uh, Heim deserves the hate. You know, I, I don't think no. he does either. I, I think it's, hey, you just got to let the man do his job. You know, man, yep. if I was going to work, I'm a teacher full time. I'm going to work every day and I got everyone in the media talking about, you know, what I'm doing at work every single day. Man, like, God, can you just get off my back for a second. Let me just do my job. Right. You know, it's people think like it's, that's one thing, man. You know, I have talked with someone, you know, that, 
was a part of an organization at one point. Uh, he wasn't like a high level guy. He was just someone that was in the organization. And uh, he was telling me, he's like, you know, it's not as bang, bang as you think. It's not, you, you don't just go make a phone call, yeah. offer money and then get a deal done. It's not as yeah. simple as that. There's a lot of things you got to, a lot of tracks you got to cover. It's not easy. It's, you got so many different things going on, you know, different agents calling, different teams yeah. calling, you know, it's that's not as position. easy as it might look. No, you know? that's one job that I, I don't, I've never wanted a general manager or baseball uh, ops guy president. No, because let me tell you, everything has to come through you and you know, it's the blame is blamed on you. Of course, you're going to get the accomplishments, but mm -hmm. everything else. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The, the best general managers in the game, you know, Dave Dombrowski, you could argue is probably you could make the argument. He's the best baseball executive of all time. He has definitely made his swing and misses. I mean, oh, yeah. these guys, it, it's it's not an easy job. What I, You know what I think it is, Ellis? Honestly, it, I, I think it's. We've come. We, we we've gone through a time where everyone's playing MLB the Show on their PS5, and they can <laughs> go in there and they can go make whatever trade they want. They can go right. sign whatever guy they want, and if they don't get the guy that they want, they can just restart the game and just put it back on. Then they can go, you know, do it again. Um, I think people are kind of they're in that mindset a little bit where, like, why can't you go get this guy? Well, you know, why can't you sign it? Like, it's not easy. Like, you know, it's I don't know. I think Heim. You just got to let the man do his job. Yeah. I mean, uh, he knows exactly what he's doing. The guy knows exactly what he's doing. He, you yeah. know, people were saying when they were in the playoffs in 2021, you had people in the media, you know, who, you know, write for, you know, different organizations saying, oh, looks like they've won the Mookie Betts trade. And uh, now those same people are saying, oh, now it looks like they've lost the Mookie Betts trade. It's like, well, you just said something different a couple of years. Yeah. It's, I don't know. So, it is what it is, but I think at the end of the day, you guys got to let the guy do his thing. It's only December. It's a long off season. You know, he's still got mm -hmm. all this month. You still got all of January. January is sure. going to be a long month. So then you got the beginning of February too. Long time. So we'll have to wait and see what happens here. But Ellis, right. thank you for coming out. For episode all right. 26. Thanks for having me. And uh, everyone. On our way out, if you can, hit the like button for us. The goal was 100 likes for tonight. Don't forget about our sponsor for tonight's show. Uh, we have Bet Online. Use code BELIEVE. You get a 50% welcome bonus. But uh, Ellis, man, thank you again. And uh, we'll be back next time, yep. everyone. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.